Welcome to Global River Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoyed today's message. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit globalriver.org. Glory to God. I am very, very excited to bring the Word of God today. And I want to say that uh, if anybody has to leave at 12, please leave, because we are not going to finish at 12. It's 11, 16. Uh, But I just want us to pray real quick. Father, we just thank you for the opportunity to break bread and to feast on your word. Lord, none of me, but all of you. Have your way. Be glorified in our midst. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. That was not a suggestion. Praise the Lord. (laughs) The Bible says, let everything and everyone that has breath, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Today is the eighth of the eighth, prophetic, new beginnings. I prophesy over somebody today, a new dawn, a new beginning starts in your life in Jesus' name. Double new beginning. Oh, glory to God. Y'all don't understand what I just said. Glory to God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. The, The message that God gave me today is, Titled, The Lord Loves Justice and is Rich in Mercy. The Lord Loves Justice and is Rich in Mercy. That's why I have this. This sits on my desk. Um, it's the, the statue of uh, Lady Liberty. Oh, sorry. Lady uh, Justice. The Statue of Liberty is in my brain. <laughs> Glory to God. Lady Justice. And I'm going to get to that in a minute as we get through the word. I want to share something quickly before we dive into the word about me. Um, 2016, I think it was around November uh, before the election. I was sitting in my house watching TV, uh, you know, the news and maybe some debate. I can't remember. And I got up to go into the uh, closet, which it's a walk-in closet. Then there's a bathroom there to, you know, to take care of myself. The TV is against the door. As I was walking past the TV, the Lord spoke to me. He said, Trump is going to be your next president. I, I stopped dead in it. This was 2016. I stopped dead in the trial. I said, what? And the reason was because weeks before that, months before that, I've been crying before the Lord. Lord, who do you want me to vote for? Because I want what the Lord wants. I don't know about you. I want to align with what the Lord wants. So I was leaning to says Hollywood just came out. So it was just messy in the news. I was like, Lord, I can't vote for this guy. So that's where I was. And the Lord said, Trump is going to be your next president. I said, huh? How? God, what? So God then spoke to me in that same, in that same moment. He said, he's like a Cyrus. Many people don't see it, but I look at the heart. So I told my kids, I told my wife, and I even called uh, friends in Minnesota back then, and they laughed at me. You know, my wife did not laugh at me. She just was like shocked like me. My kids, they are my witnesses. If you want to verify this, ask them. So I was like, okay, God, we'll see. I didn't say anything to anybody else because, like I said, I didn't want to vote for the guy because of everything that was in the news. But it's now history. He became the next president. And I'm also saying today that what God has said about him coming back into office is still valid. Amen? Because God is not a man. 
It doesn't matter what it looks like right now. And it's a proxy to what God has said to you as well. That it looks impossible. It looks like it's never going to happen. I want you to stand your ground. The Bible says, having done all to stand and stand therefore. The reason I share that with you is to let you understand how I came into uh, siding with God where it, where it comes with Trump. It wasn't because of what I heard in the news or what some prophet said or what some other person said or some analysis. It was God spoke to me directly. He said, he's going to be my next president. And I want you to align with me. It's your choice. Now, nobody's telling you who to vote for, who to sign with. I'm just sharing my story, okay? Praise the Lord. And the reason I share that is because I had a conversation with somebody that prompted my heart to say, maybe I need to address this so that people will understand how I came to where I am. Amen? So let's get into the word this morning. Praise the Lord. In Mark chapter 5, are you ready to get some good food this morning? Hallelujah. I am ready. I... I trust the Holy Spirit to bring the Word of God out. Um, because of, uh, we are not going to rush. Like I said, if 12 o'clock you got to go, you got to be at work, go. Uh, I think we are still going to be here at 12.30. Praise the Lord. In Mark chapter 5, verse 1, Then they came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the gatherings. And when he had come out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit, who had his dwellings among the tombs, and no one could bind him, not even with chains, because he had often been bound with shackles and chains, and the chains had been pulled apart by him, and the shackles broken in pieces, neither could anyone tame him. This guy looks like Hulk, the incredible Hulk. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying out and curtaining himself with stone. This guy is demonic, is fully possessed. This is not the life that God has for anybody. The devil stole from this man. Glory to God. Crying night and day. And when he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and he worshipped him. I don't care how many demons are tormenting your life. They have to bow to the authority in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. He came and worshipped him. And he cried out with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with you, Jesus, son of the most high God? I implore you by God that you do not torment me. Now, this was not the man that was speaking. This was the voice of the demons that are taking residence in his body. For he had said unto him, Come out of the man, you unclean spirit. And he asked him, what is your name? And he answered, saying, my name is Legion, for we are many. And he begged him earnestly that he would not send them out to the country. Now a large herd of swine was feeding near the mountain. So all the demons begged him, saying, send us to the swine that we may enter them. We know when you study demonology, you find out that demons are territorial spirits. They want to stay in that same territory. That's why they were begging Jesus, don't send us out of here. Because if you give us the command, we have to obey. And he has given you the same authority as a son and a daughter of the kingdom. The Bible says he has given us authority to trample on, on serpents and scorpions and over all the powers of the enemy. And nothing shall by enemies hurt you. Glory to God. So the Bible says in verse 13, and at once Jesus gave them permission. 
Then the unclean spirits, plural, went out and entered the swine. There were about 2,000 of them. And the herd ran violently down the steep place into the sea and drowned. So Satan is a stone-cold killer. He's a destroyer. You know, Jesus was casting out these devils out of this man, setting him free. But their intent... Oh, glory to God. Their intent, the intent of the kingdom of darkness is to harass, to molest, to take away from you. The Bible tells us in John 10, 10, the thief comes but to kill, to steal, and to destroy. But Jesus came that you may have life and have it to the full till it overflows. He doesn't want you to have money. He doesn't want you to have clothes. He doesn't want you to have health. He doesn't want you to have a job. He doesn't want you to have a marriage. That is intent continually towards you. But the intent of the Lord continually towards you is peace, is joy, is deliverance. Praise the Lord. Verse 14. So those who fed the swine fled and they told it in the city and in the country. And they went out to see what it was that has happened. Because at the time that Jesus was ministering to this man, there were some eyewitnesses. Those eyewitnesses went to the city and into the country and told it. Because this man was notorious in that region. Everybody knew him. Because the Bible said he was crying night and day. The man had no rest. Satan are taking rest away from him. I prophesy to somebody this morning, every operation of hell around your life, I break it today in Jesus' name. You, you guys are not responding well. I break it today in Jesus' name. These are not just words. I'm speaking by the unction of the Holy Spirit. The enemy comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Verse 15, and they came to Jesus and verse 15 is so powerful. And they came. You know, they went to the city and to the country, and they spread the, the news of what just happened. They came to Jesus. Now there's a big crowd. And look at what happened. And they saw the one who had been demon-possessed, past tense, and who had the legion, past tense, sitting and clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. When you have an encounter with the saving Jesus... It turns your life around. When you have an encounter with Jesus, you, you, your life turns around. This man was in the mountains, in the tombs. Who lives in the tombs? Dead people. The devil turned his life upside down. But when he had one encounter with Jesus, everything turned around. He was naked. He took away his dignity. But Jesus restored him. And I decree over somebody today, Jesus is restoring every area of your life, every area of concern, in the name of Jesus. Now let's jump, to, let's jump down to verse 19 because of time. So now, because of what happened here, they told Jesus to get out of their region, which makes no sense. I mean, Jesus just delivered this man. I would expect them to say, please, Jesus, stay for a month. And let's line up everybody. You know what that says? If you don't receive him, 
Bible says, as many as received him, to them he gave power to become the sons of God. He's not going to force himself on you. The Bible says Jesus stands at the door and knocks. He's not just talking about salvation. He's talking about everything that's available to you in the covenant. So don't get mad at me if I am taking more benefit of my covenant. Glory to God. Hallelujah. It's available. The table is set for everybody. On the table is salvation. On the table is healing, deliverance, prosperity, abundance, increase, breakthrough on every side. Glory to God. Verse 19. However, Jesus did not permit him. So this man said, Jesus, I'm going to follow you. You know, when you have an encounter with Jesus, nobody has to coach you. Nobody has to beg you to come to church. Nobody has to cajole you. You just want to follow him. Ah, uh, no, y'all did not hear me. When you have an encounter, a real encounter with Jesus, nobody has to beg you to pray, to spend time with him. You just fall in love with him. Say, Jesus, I want to follow you. And Jesus said, that's good, but I'm sending you as a prophetic evangelist. Go, 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 go. The Bible says Jesus did not permit him, but said, go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he has heard mercy on you. Hallelujah. I'm going to talk about mercy at the end of the message. But the Lord led me that I should read the passages first. Now go to uh, Luke chapter 13. We are talking about the Lord loves justice and he is rich in mercy. Luke chapter number 13. How many of you are getting blessed already? Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm getting, I was getting wound up while I was sitting down there like, ah, God, I got to go. I got to go. I got to release the word. Glory to God. Look at number, uh, start from number 10. Now, when he was teaching in one of the synagogues of the Sabbath, and behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years. You know the story. And was bent over and could in no way raise herself. She's been to the chiropractors. She's been to the doctors. She's taking medications. She's done yoga. She's done everything. She could in no way raise herself. She was bent over for 18 years. Satan is a mean devil. But my Jesus is good. Doesn't care whether you are a kid. Doesn't care what has happened to you already. It doesn't care the troubles you've been through already. He wants to kill, to steal, and to destroy. But it's you that will say, no, not on my watch. I have a covenant with the king of kings. You, you are the one that will go into your prayer closet and begin to declare the word of God. And that's what we are going to cover this morning. Glory to God. If you leave it up to him, he will take you out. He will take you out and your dogs and your cats and your chairs. He will take everything about you out. That's his intention for you. But the Bible says, I have come that you may have abundant life. Have it to the full till it overflows. Somebody say, overflow in life. Overflow in life. That's what Jesus brought. Come on, church. Hallelujah. 
Now, behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bent over and could in no way raise herself up. But when Jesus saw her, somebody say, Jesus saw her. He called out to him and said to her, Woman, thou art loosed from your infirmity. I prophesy to somebody this morning, you are loosed from your infirmity in the name of Jesus. There was no protocol. There was no preambles. The Bible says divinity lighted upon her. I want you to know that the Lord sees you. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. In your condition, in your situation, the Lord sees you. He knows you. He knows your tears. He knows your pain. He sees you. And he's calling for you. Bible says when Jesus saw her, she wasn't the one that came looking for Jesus. She just came to church. She wasn't looking for healing. She wasn't looking for deliverance. In fact, she had accepted the situation. She has built her life around it. Maybe she has a walker, maybe she has a, a wheelchair or whatever to get her around. She's built her life around it. But Jesus is not going to leave you in your situation. The Bible says Jesus saw her. He called out to him. The Bible says in Acts 10, 30, our God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Who went about, he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Jesus didn't wait for people to come to him, even though people did come to him. But he went about looking for them. That love, that mercy, that Calvary. Glory to God. Woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. And he laid his hand on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. Instant miracle, instant deliverance. I believe we are stepping into a season of miraculous that's going to break out in Global River Church. Ah, yes. We are stepping into a season of instant manifestation of the miraculous in our midst. Glory to God. But the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath day and said to the crowd, there are six days on which men ought to work. Therefore, come and be healed on them. I think that's the way he talks. And not on the Sabbath day, you know, with all their robes and everything. And the Lord answered and said, you hypocrites. Does not each of you lose your ox and your animals and the donkey from the store, and lead them away on the Did you not break the Sabbath? You think I don't know? <laughs> you think I don't see you? And then he said this, this statement, verse 16, ought not this woman, and Jesus brought another dimension into this equation, the dimension of covenant. Ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound, Think of it for these 18 years. In other words, Jesus was so mad and so angry in the spirit that it ought not to have happened for one day. But this woman has been bound for 18 years and you are standing there quibbling about the law of the Sabbath? How long has this woman been with you? Why didn't you heal him all the previous Sabbaths or non-Sabbaths? Glory to God. 
Hurt not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound. Think of it. For 18 years be loosed on the Sabbath. And the Bible says they were ashamed and Jesus left. Praise the Lord. So why, why are these two stories connected? Why did the Lord want me to share these two stories? You will notice that these two stories, the protagonists, the people involved, they were not looking for the Lord per se. In fact, the man, the madman of the gatherings is freaking out of his mind. Excuse my French. Completely out of his mind. The guy is naked. He's in the tombs, in the mountains. He has no family. He has no plans for tomorrow. His plans for tomorrow is to be screaming and yelling and being in the tomb, hanging out with dead people. Satan stole from him. The Lord has called me and sent me with a message this morning. Take this, the thief to court. Remember last time I spoke to us about the approaching God as the righteous judge. And in that message, primarily I presented the side that we are the defendant. Because there are two roles you can have when you show up in court. You can either be the defendant because an accusation has been brought against you, or you can be the plaintiff, the one bringing the accusation. So what we covered last time is valid and is true, meaning that there are some things that has happened in your bloodline that you have done, your, perhaps, that Satan brings before the court of heaven and say, God, you are a righteous judge, so therefore I have the right to afflict this person. And we did cover that. And if you missed that message, I want to strongly encourage you to go and watch it. It's available on YouTube. Now, we want to look at another side. God spoke to me after that message as I began to meditate and spend time with the Lord. He said, there's another side that I wanted to address. And this is the side where you bring Satan himself to court. Because the Bible tells us in John 10, 10, the thieves come but to kill, to steal, and to destroy. Now, I've lived in America now over 20 years. Before coming to this country, I used to live in Nigeria, West Africa. In Nigeria, West Africa, when armed robbers show up in your house, they don't send you a text the day before. They just show up. <laughs> they show up with their guns and their weapons because they, they can. Now, it's against the law for them to rob in every jurisprudence, in every law, in every country on the face of the earth. There is a law against stealing. It's, it's available even in, in North Carolina, women thing. If you steal and they catch you, you broke the law. But Satan is not a law keeper. You have to get that. Satan is not a law keeper. He's a law breaker. Now, I told us last time that when Satan shows up in court, because he's an officer of the court, he has to tell the truth. So when he brings accusation against you, he's bringing real accusation. We already addressed that. But now, you have to understand that you have access through the blood to the same court to present accusation and cases against the rascal. Glory to God. That's the best thing I can come up with. Now, I want to give us some quick uh, review of what we covered last time. Last time, we covered many aspects of the prayer platform for believers. We studied the court system of heaven and how to approach God as the righteous judge and address legal issues that Satan or our enemy has against us in the court of heaven. We covered approaching God as the father, as a friend, and as a righteous judge. 
We also mentioned last time there are books in heaven. Even pastors spoke to that. Uh, I specifically focused on the book of destiny, which is a detail of God's intention and purpose for your life. And I mentioned if you read that book, you think you are reading fantasy because there's no heartache in that book. There's no loss in that book. Every plan that God has for you is good. Amen? So our fight is to, make, to, to go before God and make sure that everything that God has said concerning me, concerning you, comes to pass. We read in Revelations 12, 9, Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. For the accuser of the brethren who accused them before God day and night has been cast out. And I told us the, the word accuser is the word categorical, which means accusation before a judge. We also covered last time about the throne of grace, that it's, it's a picture of the court of heaven in heaven. Uh, and I also mentioned last time, I'm trying to rush because of time. I also mentioned last time that the law of God is perfect. In the law system that we have in the United States and any country, it's not perfect because it's dependent on individual judges to interpret the law correctly. Just look at our system. You know it's not perfect. But the law of God is perfect. I was trying to make a contrast between the law of God and the law of man. Now, let's get into what we have today. Many times, like I said, when you appear before the court of heaven, you either appear as a defendant or you appear as the plaintiff. So what I want us to see is you need to be able to go before God as the plaintiff to bring cases against the accuser of the brethren. The Bible tells us, in case you are wondering, in John 10.10, 10, the thieves comes but to kill, to steal, and to destroy. The Bible says in uh, John 8.44 that Satan is a liar and a father of it. So he's a thief, he's a killer, he's a liar, and he's the father of it. So if you're looking for any evidence, I just gave you a bunch of evidence. So anything that's been stolen from you, peace stolen from you. Health stolen from you. Marriage stolen from you. Uh, prosperity stolen from you. You need to take that rascal to court. Amen? You need to take that rascal to court and say, Lord, this is what your word says. And I brought this uh, uh, lady justice as a pictorial uh, demonstration. The reason for the scales is, you know, when you look at our justice system, when somebody is brought to court, for example, and they bring a case against them, one of the things the, the judge is looking to do is to balance the scale of justice because the aggrieved party is saying, so-and-so did does and does against me. So judge, get me justice. So the justice that the judge or the court will give, the idea is to balance the scale. Do you see that? And the scripture says that God is a righteous judge. So let me ask you this. In the last one week, there have been many, many things that has happened as far as theft. I just want to focus on theft. Uh, but how many of them are in court right now? Only the ones that are brought to court. Do you see that? Only the ones that are brought to court. So if you don't bring Satan to court, you just get away scot-free. He stole your money. He stole your peace. He stole health from your family. He stole promises that God has given you. And you're just sitting there taking it. The Bible says in Hosea 4, 6, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. 
Satan likes to walk in darkness. He hides inside darkness so that you won't know how to fight for your rights in the court of heaven. Now, I want to show us quickly why is justice so important to God. In Psalm 89 verse 14, the Bible says, Righteousness and justice are the fact my papa God sitting on the throne, underneath the throne, righteousness and justice. And not only that, the, the verse is not finished, mercy and truth go before you. So mercy and truth are literally before the throne of grace. That's why the Bible says, let us come boldly to the throne of grace, that we might obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. I'm going somewhere this morning. Glory to God. So justice is important to God because that's the foundation of his throne. And the Bible says in Isaiah, in Isaiah 61 verse 8, the picture that you have in your material, for I, the Lord, love what? Justice. I love justice. God does not like injustice in any way, shape, form, or fashion. Proverbs 11 verse 1. I'm going to run through this real quick. Scales of justice must always be balanced. Again, that's why I brought this as a demonstration. The scale is not balanced. God is not happy. That's what we are doing in the court system to balance the scale. To get justice for the aggrieved party. Look at a couple of scriptures. I have many of them, but I only picked a few. Proverbs 11 verse 1. Dishonest scales are an abomination to the Lord. But a just weight is his delight. And that's speaking to many of us in business, in life. If you are dishonest, you know where you stand with God. Proverbs 20, 23. Diverse weights are an abomination to the Lord. And dishonest scales are not good. Ezekiel 45, 10. You have that in your material. You shall, not ha- you shall have honest scales, an honest ephah, an honest bath. Proverbs 11, 16, 11. Honest waste and scales are the Lord's. All the weights in the bag are his works. Leviticus 19, 35 to 36. You shall do no injustice in judgment. In measurement of length, weight of volume, you shall have honest scales, honest weights, an honest ether, an honest in. And then he didn't end there. He put his signature. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt. In case you are wondering who is saying this. I am the Lord your God. This is my signature. This is my expectation. I like honest weight. I like honest skills. Glory to God. That's why God loves justice. So when you show up in his court seeking justice, he delights his heart. Say, my sons and my daughter, they know how to navigate the court of heaven to get justice in areas where the enemy has taken advantage of you. So we also see this in Daniel 5, 26 to 27. Remember when God, the finger of God was writing on the wall? I just pu- pulled out just one verse there, to kill. He said, you have been weighed in balances and you have found one. In other words, God weighed, weighs everybody. God weighs me, God weighs you. Yeah, yes, he weighs your intention. The reason why I'm preaching this morning, God weighs it. The reason why you gave what you gave, God weighs it. Amen? He loves honest skill. Now, 
there's something called the principle of justice and recompense. When you bring something before the courts, and if it's a jury trial or a bench trial, depending on which one it is, when they get to verdict, depending on whatever the verdict is, the intention of the verdict is to balance the scale. So, for example, if somebody kills, according to our jurisprudence, the law says that person must also be killed. But I'm going to go to something that the Lord showed me. It's called mercy. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. You are going to get happy in a few minutes. Just hold on. Just hold on. It's, it's called mercy. Mercy is when you don't get what you are truly due. Ah, yeah, yeah. Y'all didn't hear that. Mercy is when you don't get what is truly due to you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I got to pace myself. Now, when you talk about restoration, the purpose of restoration, again, is to balance the scale of justice. The Bible says in Romans 12, 19, Beloved, do not avenge yourself, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay. I always wondered many years ago, why does God like to do that? Now I'm beginning to see, as the Lord begins to show me, this is why. Because the scale of justice has to be balanced. And because God has to be righteous. He has to be righteous. No matter who brought the case before him. Because if God is not righteous, he has to recuse himself. Am I right? If you are biased, you are not interpreting the law correctly, then you are no longer fit to sit over that case. So God has to be righteous. So I want you, church, learn to present your case before the true no gaze. Things that God has said concerning you, things that God has given you in his word that is not coming to pass, take it to court. Ah, Now, I want to say this. Sometimes restoration comes through genuine repentance. Like we said last time, when Satan brings accusation against you and you show up and point to Calvary, point to the blood of Jesus that will pay the price, then restoration will come. Because now the scale is balanced. What the enemy has been crying before the throne of grace, because the Bible says it brings accusation before against the brethren day and night. You take that accusation away because of what Jesus did. Now the scale is balanced. Now he has to let you go. Another inside it works. Glory to God. But there's another time, another instance, this is the one I love the most, that the reason that recompense comes is because of mercy. 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 The Bible says mercy triumphs over judgment. When you look at the hierarchy in the court system, there's justice. And that's the standard of God. He, he loves justice. We read it. We read many scriptures. But there's something called mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Uh, if it's truly due that you're supposed to be punished, if it's truly due that you're supposed to get whatever that punishment is, and then you cry out for mercy, I want to bring to mind Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He wasn't crying for justice. He said, I know I don't qualify for this, but what I'm asking for is mercy. Because if it goes through the court system, when the dust settles, and made the, the scale will be lopsided. But what I'm asking for, Lord, is your mercy. 
Uh, somebody hear me this morning. What I'm asking for, Lord, is your mercy. In Isaiah 43, verse 21 to 22, the, the Bible says the Lord is well pleased for his righteousness sake. He will exalt the law and make it honorable. But this is a people robbed and plundered. All of them are snared in holes, and they are hidden in prison houses. They are for prey, and no one delivers. For plunder, no one says restore. Notice what's happening here. These people are put in prison. They are put in holes, but they're just taking it. That's the picture of men in the ecclesia. But God is raising men and women to sound the alarm. No, he doesn't have to be like that. It doesn't have to be like that. You can cry for restoration. You can cry for mercy. Like blind Bartimaeus. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Glory to God. You can cry for mercy. The Bible says in Joel, in the book of Joel chapter 2, verse 25 to 32. So I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten, the crawling locust, the consuming locust, the chewing locust, my great army, which I send among you. You shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God who has dealt wondrously with you and my people shall never be put to shame. Then you shall know that I am the Lord in the midst of Israel. I am the Lord your God. There is no other. And my People shall never be put to shame. God is putting his signature again on that verse. Glory to God. I will restore. I will restore. God is saying to you this morning, I bring in restoration. A new dawn, a new beginning in your destiny. A new dawn, a new beginning in your family. A new dawn, a new beginning in your ministry. In the name of Jesus. I will restore. I will restore. Glory to God. Now, you have to bring the thief to court. We know already that Satan is a thief. Now, we are not speaking about accusation he brought against us, things that are legal, that he found in our bloodline, in something that I did. You know, maybe when you are in grade school, you stole something, and then maybe last week you stole something. I don't know. <laughs> Glory to God. And then the Lord and the, and the enemy brings it against you. That's not the part that we, to, we covered that last time. But we are talking about you bringing the enemy to court. I said like earlier that Osea Fossey says, my people are destroyed because of lack of knowledge. Now, what is the law of recompense? I want to sh share this real quickly with you. We read all over scripture. I just don't have time. I want to try to not get to 1230. The Bible says God is a restorer of loss because he loves a balanced scale. He loves justice. The scale of justice must always be balanced. You can look at Psalm 61 verse 8, Psalm 37 verse 28. God loves to execute judgment because he also loves mercy. Now, I want to show you two things that are found. There are two levels of restoration when something is stolen from you. In Exodus 22, verse 7, you can write it. I think it's in your material, but if not, you can write it there. It's called double restoration. If a man delivers to his neighbor money 
or article to keep. Like if I give James something to keep for me. And <laughs> glory to God. And it is stolen out of James's house. If the thief that stole from James's house is found, according to the law, he will pay double. Glory to God. Am I reading scripture? So when you go to court, you are not asking for the enemy to restore what he stole. You are asking for at the minimum double. I love the, I love the other one. Seven times. Hallelujah. Proverbs 6, 30 to 31. The Bible says, men do not despise a thief if he steals to satisfy his soul. This man is in dire straits. He's poor. He's broken. That's the reason he stole. The Bible says, men do not despise that person. But, somebody say but. If he is found, <laughs> if I catch you. <laughs> Glory to God. And, oh, by the way, I caught the devil with his hand in the cookie jar. Because the Bible tells me in John 10, 10, that he's the thief. He's the one stealing from me. He's the one stealing from you. He's the architect behind it. He may have used personalities. He may have used situations. But he's the one behind it. Glory to God. The Bible says when, it is, when he is found, he shall restore how many? Sevenfold. And he shall give the substance of his house. So if this, the, the, the devil stole $5 from you, just be shouting and praising God because as you go to court, you are coming out with 35 Hallelujah. I just did the math. Ooh, somebody excited this morning. That's the word of God. Glory to God. Pastor. Don't you want them to finish this next week? I'm just saying, look, I don't want them to rush. It's too good. And so uh, you don't have to beat the clock. Just I'll wrap it up there yeah. take it up from there. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Pastor. And I want, to, I want to sincerely honor Pastor Tom for allowing me to flourish in my gift, allowing me to flourish in my grace, uh, for giving me this platform. So I want us to get up for a moment. And I, I want us to do battle. Glory to God. I want us to do battle. Glory to God. Are we okay over there? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. If you can get on your feet for a minute, glory to God. We are going to do this again next week, but next week I'm going to have more time to stolen from you. I've given you scriptures. These are not just my opinions. We read the Bible together and you have the material in your hand. So I want you to study it. We are going to use the same material next week. I'm just going to have time to expand some more. There are some things Satan has stolen from you. He has stolen health from you. He has stolen prosperity from you. He has stolen destiny from you. I want you to go to the court of heaven right now. Say, Father, I appear before the court of heaven to present my case. Because your word says, in John 10.10, 10, the thief comes but to kill, to steal, and to destroy. And I have some petition in the court concerning things that the enemy has stolen from me. He has stolen prosperity. 
He has stolen health from my family. He has inserted shame in my family. He has taken away prosperity from my, from my, from my business, for those that have business. I want you to, I, I'm going to stop now. I want you to take a moment. You know those things that Satan has stolen from you. I don't need to, to lead you on that. I want you to begin to add that to the list. Lord, the enemy has stolen health from my body. He has stolen advancement in ministry. He has stolen whatever it is that the enemy has stolen from you. Open your mouth and tell him right now. Open your mouth and tell the Father right now. Open your mouth and talk to the Father right now. Because he loves justice. The Lord loves justice. And next week, by the grace of God, we are going to spend more time on the mercy part of it. Oh, Father, tonight, this morning, in the name of the Lord Jesus, I stand as your mouthpiece and I declare over the house. Everything that the enemy has stolen from families, everything that the enemy has stolen from men, from women, from children, everything that the enemy has stolen from Global River Church. I stand, oh God, as a representative of this church. Your word says you love justice and you are a merciful God. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, whether it's he going to take justice or it's going to take mercy, Lord, we present our case before the throne of grace. And Lord, we are asking, oh God, for justice. We are asking for mercy. Just like blind Bartimeo said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Have mercy over my wife, over my children, over my household in the name of Jesus. Lord, let there be a breakthrough in the name of Jesus. There are destiny that have been blocked. They have been blocked. No matter what you do, you take one step forward and then you take two backward. I lose you today in the name of Jesus. Father, I take power over all the powers of the enemy and Lord, I lose the host of heaven over everyone that is in the sanctuary, everyone watching from home, everyone that will watch this video no matter what time they watch it. In the name of Jesus, every imprisonment, every stagnation. Every stagnation, every imprisonment, Ricatomba lege de rebotia alabasia, rebatatataboria, rubelelebosia. I break you free now in Jesus' name. Mande By a prophetic act, I set you free in the name of Jesus. I command finances to flow. I command favor to flow. I command the heavens over you to be open in the name of Jesus. In your career, new beginning, new trajectory in the name of Jesus. You've been walking like this. You've been walking like this. I command you to take wings and begin to fly and begin to fly and begin to fly and begin to fly in the name of Jesus. Every spirit of limitation, every spirit of stagnation, everything that has brought shame around your life, Everything that is making people question your God. I decree and I declare. They are loosed from you in the name of Jesus. Jesus called me. I didn't call myself. I'm an introvert. Y'all may not believe that. He called me. And he placed his spirit upon me. So, Father, today in the name of Jesus, because you, of your call upon my life and because of the efficacy of your word, I decree over the house, everyone that is pressed down, 
The Bible says, Our God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Everyone oppressed with infirmity, every sickness that has a name, every sickness that has defied prayer, every sickness that has not moved either to. I decree in the name of Jesus, by the reason of God's call upon my life, be loosed in the name of Jesus. I command open heavens. I command open heavens over your life in the mighty name of Jesus. Do you hear the sound of the angels going to walk? Do you hear the sound of the host of heaven going to walk on your behalf? I decree over the house, be loosed in the name of Jesus. Enter into the liberty of the Lord in the mighty name of Jesus. Oh, Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. I want us to take a moment to just appreciate God. Thank him right now. Praise him, praise him. Pra a shift, a shift. Praise him for a change, a shift, a shift, a shift, a shift. In the Thank you, Father God. Lord, we honor you. Because you are the God that changes seasons. You are the God that changes destinies. Many of you know my story. I'm not where I used to be. And I'm going further. I'm going further. In the name of Jesus. So, Father, we just thank you for your word today. We thank you, Lord, for your word today. We thank you, Lord, for hope has been restored in the heart of your people. We thank you, Lord, for faith as a reason. Lord, we give you praise. We give you praise. How many of us are blessed today? Somebody give the Lord Jesus a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, long ago I asked the Lord, give us the nations as our inheritance. Yay, God. <laughs> Hallelujah. We're blessed. So next week we'll dive in more. Study the scriptures that are on your sheet. So you come really because... The Lord is preparing us. He's, I've been praying for this preparation, so I know it's coming. Don't forget Kingdom Women tomorrow night at 7. Kingdom Men, 7. Please, come. Come. You're, you're going to miss it if you don't. Bless the Lord. All right. God bless you all.